morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> oh, oh, this is live. Think of like the dumbest cave troll let you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. Everybody, welcome to the Bandit Radio Hour. It is November 27th, all said correctly so far. We're going to see how much further we get into this podcast with everything going right. Uh, and I am here with my co-producer, and well, he's not the co-producer. He he is the producer. I I mean it. Like I always wondered what a producer does because I was like, oh, he doesn't act. He doesn't do anything like that in a movie. Merce, literally everything surrounding me that has anything to do with this podcast, from the mic stands to the computer programs to the cell phone recording to just little dumb things like my symbol being on a TV in the corner that. Makes it look way makes us look way more professional than we really are. Uh, this is odd. However, thank all of you for listening uh, and watching. Now we got some video coming in. That's what we're going to try to start doing. Uh, yeah, Merce. Uh, you know, how's you, has anything exciting been with your week, or is there anything new? Or well, let me ask you the basic question: How are you feeling, and how are you sounding, Mister Producer? I'm dying. <laughs> His voice, everybody, is eradicated. It's gone. It got Thanos snapped out of existence. I had I've had the flu for like the last week and I'm finally I'm finally over the flu, but the voice the voice is gone. You've had puberty. This is super puberty. It's airborne. It's contagious. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll finally get facial hair. Maybe, maybe that'll come with this. So guys, I hope y'all like my voice more than Mercer's. You're gonna be hearing in well, you always see me, but uh, no, you don't. This is the first real video. I'm here thing. for pure comedic effect. Uh, comedic effect and minor support, and to make sure I'm not talking to a blank wall. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, I don't think he's going to get too detailed with his past. Uh, oh, yeah, and happy late Thanksgiving and all that jazz to everybody. Uh, Merce, I'm going to just talk for you and you tell me if I'm right or not I'm gonna assume what you went to your sister's and and had Thanksgiving dinner over there and with no, friends I didn't no I know we normally go to my aunt's and I did not go. oh that's right yeah I went like later and picked up like to go play like whenever I was outside where I could be like high from afar were you deathly sick already on Thanksgiving oh yeah I was running a fever oh well good for you and what like literally you were tripping from the fever oh like Monday and Tuesday were a weird <laughs> welcome to the party pal i was on like another dimension i woke up at one point thinking i saw a college term paper due that i like forgot about and i was failing college you almost died oh it was bad yeah so uh but i don't usually die so here i am yeah i'm yeah, made of rubber i mean all of his like bones are arthritis ridden but you know i got it in my sternum <laughs> You suck. Ribs, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's where my ribs connect, so it's made coughing that much more terrible. Ah, ah damn your jeans and your raisin. My voice now matches my body. I'm an 80 year old man. Guys, y'all don't understand. He is a sterling success compared to the potential of what could have been. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Um, don't ask for an easy life. <laughs> I, I had a very standard Thanksgiving. Uh, my, my son doesn't make it down from Michigan, but I talked to him on the phone. Uh, was supposed to try to set up Fortnite between him and my daughter. Uh, but I found out my daughter's Nintendo, like, since it knows her age, it's like, you can't play a teen game. And I'm like, all right, I got to get in here and, like, 
hacker man this thing and break it open for at least teens so she could put, but I, I didn't have time. Uh, but yeah, normal Thanksgiving, ate with, ate with family, uh, real low key, ate with my daughter. Good food. Good food. And I, like, I think I said it last episode, just how much I've been working the past months, uh, and like all Thanksgiving break, I did nothing. And I, that was like, I, I needed a two, two full days to like, for me to actually recover where I'm like, I got my energy levels back. I'm not just... Going through the motions. Going through the motions in a numbing fashion. Uh, so, yeah, apologies. The last episode or two, if I've been sounding a little low energy Jeb. Uh, but, yeah, I'm back, baby. We're good. Until I do two months worth of work. Like, we'll see how these next podcasts go. But I'm energized for now. Merce tried to do a wow from Squidbillies, but, yeah, his, his yeah, it's gone. It's de- defeated. <laughs> I like my gators. I was telling him off there. He has such like a boyish charm to his voice, like it, which is good. It fits him. But uh, uh, when I'm not looking at him and he says something, I'm like, "That's that's not funny. That sounds like a meth biker at a that's behind me at a bar." But uh, it makes it more funny. It's great. They're real deep, like <laughs> that's that's more accurate to what your voice. I know said. what's wrong with it. Ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> well, I like mustard on my biscuit. A whole, whole lot of that. Um, so yeah, I haven't done a lot. I did, uh, I did get addicted to that new Call of Duty game mode and that's, I hypocrite. Um, what are you doing? Your hands are blocking your face in the video. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, they're down by my chest though. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. We're not editing that either because I think it's funny. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so... (laughs) So I'm like doing charades. Merce just doing charades behind a microphone. It looked like it looked like he was doing the SpongeBob imagination, like because my hands were together over my face. For those of you listening, not watching, uh, but no. Um, where the hell was I going with that? Boy's charm. Oh, I, um, and then you went somewhere directly after that. That's where I was trying to get back to. But oh well, gone to the wind. Lost. Oh, Call of Duty. Nope, got it back. Um. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit on the channel, how uh, on the show, how propagandized a lot of those messages are, whether intentional or unintentional, like one way or the other, I think intentional. But damn, the game modes are fun. Uh, they got this new one, DMZ, where it's like, you know, at the, like if y'all are familiar with Battle Royales, sorry for the non-video game people, y'all just like tune out for like two minutes. Uh, but they got like the Battle Royales where... Uh, where it's like everybody versus everybody down to the last person. And it's a like balls to the wall, adrenaline rush. Like you have to hyper focus on it. They got this new mode called DMZ where it's like, no, 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 no. There's just a bunch of computer bad guys you can shoot who will kill your ass very quickly if you're not smart about it. And you just go, I'm not exaggerating that much. Go grab six rolls of toilet paper and run back to a helicopter and get out of there. And you get a free new gun that you can play with. And I'm, so it's dumb stuff like that, but kind of like the catch of it is if you like bring so a early, gu- so basically early stages of COVID. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Holy shit! Anybody that's played the game, there's a lot of analogies there. You you get a tester to look for special sites that it's radiation, but I mean you could be looking for flu. Uh, <laughs> but it uh it 
it's a very addictive game mode. And it's kind of like a gamble. Like if you die with a lot of equipment you have, like you don't get it back and it's, it makes the game much harder for you to go find the stuff again. And I, I have never, not going to say never, it's been a very long time since a video game could make me feel extremely happy for like, like, almost like a casino. Like if I win a little bit, I'm like, oh, I'm up to like a one through 10 on happiness. I'm like at an eight. Like that was a really big neuron firing. If I lose all my shit and die that I've worked very hard for it, it's like almost the same sensation of a casino just took a hundred bucks from me, which a hundred bucks is a lot to me. <laughs> and and we don't uh, have sponsors. No, not yet. <laughs> Looking at you, camera, whoever wants to put this face and this slightly off center charm on their product, ha- have at us. We will sell out in a heartbeat. Uh, if if we like the product, like that's something I always told Marsh, like we're gonna me imagining sponsors <laughs> that we don't have. Oh no no no, we will pick and choose when they come our way. Uh, but yeah, that that's what my Thanksgiving break was: uh, eating food, resting up, catching my energy. Uh, me and my daughter did watch. Like for those of you interested in continuing, me and my daughters what we watch stuff: uh, uh, the Twilight Zone movie from the eighties that did you ever, did you ever see that one? No, I've seen that. I've seen episodes. I've never yeah. Seen the movie. Well, okay. It's just pretty much recreating some of the most famous episodes, but with just new technology. What it's the, the one about the old folks home where when they start playing, kick the can, they start getting younger cause they're playing kids like games. I don't know if that was from the original series. They might've made that one up. It's the weaker of the like five stories they show in it. Uh, but it's one of the best ones. Uh, the, the next one, uh, what the the eight year old that whatever he thinks comes into reality. Oh, the evil kid. Yeah, yeah, the monster. The mo- yeah. yeah, yeah, that's an eight year old boy and sends people to the cornfield and they they change it up a little bit for the movie. Like it's if not they, if he does anything they don't like, dude. And he hates music or something or singing or something. He wants cartoons on all yeah. the time and like one of the uh, one of the people like it's he sends her to cartoon land instead of sending them to the cornfield but it's like mid 80s so they kind of got the technology to mix in like a person and a cartoon uh who framed roger rabbit style a little bit uh and it's like a girl gets eaten by like a king lizard koopa thing and like she's gone uh what, what, but then something that it's not the Tasmanian devil, but it might as well be the Tasmanian devil, like comes out of cartoon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, comes spin like tornado spinning out of the TV into the real world. And it's one of those things from the 80s, like where they have to physically make something and it's not computers. I talked about it with the thing, like y'all were friggin' geniuses with how y'all did this stuff. Like, look at Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't a lot of Jurassic Park computers. No. None of it? What about when they see, like, the long necks and stuff? The first, I mean, some of that was, but the first one was, like, big animatronics. Yeah, I know that a lot of the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Raptors were, which were, like, amazing. Yeah. Uh, but so they, what, they had that one, and the one I'm happy they, like, almost redid it frame by frame was the thing on the side of the plane. The Gremlin? The Gremlin. Yeah, and but instead of it being, do they uh, have Shatner? No, oh. but they, ha- dude, that's such a good replacement, John Lithgow. I wish I could place that in my head. Did you ever watch Third Rock from the Sun growing up? Okay, yes, yes, yes. yes. that yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the alien dad from Third Rock from the Sun, uh, and he is—he's an underrated actor, dude. He's great. 
He's wasn't he in uh, uh what's that one show about the serial killer that started off so good and then it got so dumb so quick? Dexter. I never saw it. Oh, it's pretty good. It's about like a serial basis is a guy's a serial killer, but he does that was it more of a Dexter's laboratory. So much better. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> From like beginning to end, Dexter's Laboratory knocked it out of the park. Uh, but no, nah, uh, John Lithgow played a serial killer in, in Dexter, and it was like really good. Um, the thing about Dexter, he's a serial killer, but he's like decided like, well, if I got this impulse to kill humans, I'm going to make sure it's only really bad humans. And he's a forensic investigator too. So, But what decides bad humans? Like you jaywalk or... He's almost like a Batman that gets off on killing. Like, he'll go to, like, court cases and see, like, oh, this guy got away with it because of a technicality when he really did do it. So he's like, I'm going to visit him at his, at his house and tranquilize him and drag him out to a crate. And... It sounds like so much work, though. Yeah, well, it does take place in Miami. And most of the bodies, he's like, I'm just going to cut you up, wrap you up in plastic, dump you off in the ocean. Tie bricks to you. Miami is such a colorful place. Sorry, this episode took a really dark turn, and I didn't—I didn't mean for it to. But yeah, that's—that's that's the show, Dexter. Uh, Dexter's Laboratory was freaking amazing. Those cartoons, and I know it's because I probably grew up with them, but it's like that. Did you watch Johnny Bravo? Yes. Jo- Johnny Bravo was one of the best. Uh, uh, hell, that whole string. I liked Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Courage, the cowardly dog. Nah, dude, the one. Return the slab scared me. I watched that with my kids like a couple of months ago over the summer. And I was like, this is, they did drugs. (laughs) They did drugs for that show. They, they did drugs for every one of those shows. I don't think Johnny Bravo. I think the guy was just kind of, I think Johnny brought, I think that maybe that was just a real person. (laughs) That was your dude. He's supposed to be Elvis. Ah, the hair's solid as a rock. He knows Kung Fu. He's a rock star. I don't know if he's a rock star, but, in his mind yeah yeah exactly um so yeah that was my thanksgiving crap (laughs) all of that i thought i was getting kidney stones but then i didn't because i've gotten them once before it was the very same feeling and i was like i'm about to go to the hospital and beg for morphine and cry uh but no none of those here i am drinking sugary coffee bring it all right so that, that was pretty much our intro um, current events. Uh, There's soccer. Uh, is there though? <laughs> I think it's stupid, but it's just, a, just alien. Just pissed off so many people. Oh, yeah, well, there goes our international audience. America only. Damn it! <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure half of us don't want us there, anyways. It's jo- it's it's advanced jogging. Like, there was all this hype about America versus mm. England, and, and to, to go 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, did they tie? Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. watch it, but yeah. an hour and not a point. Uh, you know what? It's odd. Sports has really been in my, like, uh, uh, sphere lately, and it's normally not ever, but uh, just catching up in, in general. We got the, the uh, gay soccer. Um, quite literally, a lot of, like, I'm not, not being mean. Uh, well, they, can't, they can't be gay in Qatar because yeah. they banned them from using any the rainbow stuff yeah well uh, oh did they yeah they're not allowed it like i saw people like with like rainbow hat or anything on the shirt are not allowed in the stadium i saw an english guy dress up like a crusader and that made me like he had i guess they were turning away people that were dressing like knights but like there were guys that wore like jackets and took them off and had like the big red cross on a white shirt and i'm like 
Whoo, you're stupid or brave, buddy. And that's both. I'm not doing nothing. I saw a great meme the other day, uh, which, you know, as backwards as you want to call a lot of like these Middle East countries, whether whether you're progressive or or very conservative, the the meme was like it showed the Chad Arabian, like you know the, the brown skin and the beard and the little hijab on top, not a hijab, the whatever their little, it looks like picnic basket, <laughs> uh, that, not the basket, but like the towel you lay down yeah. that's that's checker pattern. They always wear that on their head. The guy's wearing that, and he goes, uh. Hello, uh, foreign Westerner that's coming, bringing tourist money to my land. Welcome. Just please respect our laws. And then, like, it shows, like, the soy wojack uh, Westerner who's like, oh, I'm going to do what I want. And there's nothing you can do. And they're like, okay, now you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> we just, just don't break our laws, dude. They're weird laws, but it's their country. It really is. <laughs> Until America comes a knocking. Uh, but hey, we'll, we'll get into that later. Is that oil so. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and freedom I smell. <laughs> um, but uh, so, it's, so yeah, England and America end in a tie. Duh. Couldn't imagine watching. People start riots over that. People like die in like soccer matches. Like oh, the, the fans, like the aftermath. And I'll say this I don't think uh, football, real football, is as ridiculous as soccer, but. Not by much. Like it's all, it's all just so silly to me. Like a, 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 a triathlon or like a, a like foot race to see who's the fastest. Like on the or UFC. UFC makes so much more sense than me because it's just who can beat the hell out of each other better. That's I get that. Uh, but what was the other thing? What Florida and Florida State? How did I know my brother? The, the only reason I know about this game, one, because you can't live in Florida and not freaking know about this game. Uh, I grew up in a house divided. I was always on Florida State side until I kind of got into high school, and I was like, I just don't care anymore. Uh, but what, they went into overtime, Merce? No. No, it wasn't overtime. It was the final, what they were tied until. It was the end, the Gators. Yeah, we lost. Something about a face mask and the refs. Didn't call it. Well, that's human sports for you, which is that, that too too much. There's too many. I remember getting so upset about stuff like that, like a face mask that the ref wouldn't call. And not only, like, I, I think for me personally, I really liked the Broncos for a while when John Elway was, was a big quarterback for them. And I remember something at the Super Bowl went that way because a ref didn't make a call, and I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done getting this invested in things that aren't... It's not that it's out of my control. It's even out of the players' control. It's these zebras on the field that are judging. Uh, bonkers. I, I don't know if I said it on here, but I, I was saying to my dad like not that long ago, like, why don't they just have computers super analyze this for like, and, and judge it like based exactly where it's at? And he said that's coming actually with at least major league baseball like yeah. they're actually starting a lot more computerized like visuals of it and judging stuff but i tell you i remember a kid i don't know if i said this on the bandits conspiracy corner to find out go listen uh it's one of our episodes it's a good one but i remember i had a friend in the fifth grade uh and he was pretty convinced and i thought it was outrageous at the time but the older i get the more i can kind of see it and he said that all major league sports are rigged. He said this in the fifth grade. I was like, 
what? He's like, there's too, and his, his explanation was, there is too much money invested in all of this for things to not go as planned, for things to like not, to, to how, how would he put it? To make sure the Super Bowl is watched, you want the two like most exciting teams that are going to draw up, drum up like a lot of the. So refs will call it a certain way. And I was, I've seen stuff like that where happen. Yeah. You're like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and I, I'll like, I don't think it's that. Like I said, all the conspiracies that involve like a, a cigar smoke filled room of people controlling every move of humans. Outside of like a couple, <laughs> uh, I, I think that's too too far fetched to be true. Uh, but like, could there be refs that are way more on the take than we know? That like not even not even like the owner of the NFL putting them on the take, but like maybe the owner of that sports team going like make sure we win this game the certain well, help us like Alabama in college football forever Alabama gets more breaks and BS calls that save them like in the last minute because they and they go to the college football playoff and the largest fan base they but it's too I think there is just much more corruption in in a lot of different I'm not even talking politics in businesses and in anything that makes money and anything that makes money in any, I'd say in many, even more relationships than like, like not even like romantic, like for, you know, there's friendly relationships where someone can screw somebody else. Uh, there's universe is wild, <laughs> but pretty much when you boil this down far enough, it, it starts getting nutty. Um, Talking about things getting nutty. Based commies. And I really mean that. If you follow my Twitter, you might have seen me like kind of talking a little bit about this recently. But, you know, I, I think I've, I've said a little bit of it before. I know I have. But I was thinking about it today, how there's been times where like growing up, I would hear someone, maybe not even, probably a communist, but someone way what I would have considered left wing I'm talking about like back in the George W. Bush years, say stuff like, uh, man, all, uh, all these media uh, centers are controlled, uh, controlled pretty much by propaganda departments and by the CIA and stuff like that. That is nuts. That, there is no way that could be true. Stuff like the CIA started the crack trade and uh, was a major, major influence on crack becoming a thing in the United States. Um, what was another one? Uh, that damn that the U.S. Empire is like one of the most uh, the the country of the United States. One is an empire, and two is one of the more controlling empires ever in history. Like, I would hear that stuff back then, and I would instantly dismiss it because I'd be like, "That is bonkers." Here I am at thirty-two years old. I'm like. That stuff y'all were saying, now I'm convinced is pretty damn dead on. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I agree with communists on everything. That's uh, a red shirt you're wearing. It's an old spice shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Patent pending, trademark, whatever. Please sponsor. Uh, but uh, no, I don't think any of that worked. Um, but now, do I agree with them on like everybody voting to see what the hell happens with everybody else? No, that sounds insane. Uh, but I try, and I say this cause I'm, I'm more naturally conservative leaning and I love flossing my brain on stuff I don't know about. 
And the two commies, and I'm pretty sure they're, I know one is a commie, uh, Birion on, on Twitter, uh, B-I-R-R-I-O-N. And what was this beautiful thing he said? Uh, where I get kind of into the Nick Puentes thing, but he, he tweeted out, you know, what's, what's more dangerous? One guy that has mostly jokingly said some stuff about like the Nazis and the Holocaust and might deny it, might, might be denying and denial about some parts of it. Uh, him and Kanye West meeting with Donald Trump, which might be a little bad. Or the fact that 50 of our congressmen and representatives, or uh, over 50 senators, voted to send money to Ukraine where there's active Azov battalions and stuff like that. Like, if you if you are a lefty, which one is of more concern to you about Nazis, like, moving around and stuff like that? And I see that, and there's another one called Caitlin Johnstone. Um, I think I'm announcing it per- correctly. And she might not be a communist, but she's something in that realm of over yonder. Uh, and dude, some of these people have some of the absolute best anti-war, not even anti-war coverage, just war coverage, like based on my sources on the ground, here's what's going on. Uh, and if uh, I may think they're wrong on a big chunk, this is like kind of like my message to my conservative friends. Some of their stuff is wacky. But if you at least hear them out and don't dismiss... Now, I don't, I'm not talking about like propagandized shit libs. <laughs> that, that like fly... You, I'm not going to say everyone that flies a Ukrainian flag. There's some good, good people that just, I don't know, they're on that side. God bless them. Uh, however, God, there's a lot of idiots on, on all sides. Uh, don't dismiss everything they say just because they're in this different camp. Because I really think that is how the powers that be want all of us to think. That if they are on this other side of this divide, of this river, of this, if they're in this other, on the other team, there is, I have to dismiss everything they say. And both, I'm not even going to say both sides, I'm going to say all spheres kind of do this from, from, you know, we're taught in school that there's a a line of politics from left to right, but those of us that kind of in the millennial Gen X are little above stage no there's also a a up and down line of like authoritarian and libertarian of like you can be as conservative as you want but you can be as extremely authoritarian where you want to make everyone conservative or you can be very libertarian about like i'm conservative but i don't give a shit what you do just don't bother me and same with left um and however me as like i'm kind of a natural anti-authoritarian I'm not going to say natural because I was really, when I was younger, didn't know any better. But as an adult, I I really lean that way. There's even stuff extremely authoritarian people say that, like, I don't need to dismiss them uh, just because they're in this extreme other camp. Uh, It's really good to cut off the fat that you don't agree with, but get to the red meat of what they're saying. And on, on the other hand, Somebody I feel like I've talked a little down about on this podcast, and I'm going to do it a little more, but first, I want to give them a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. Uh, that's some of these conservatives I've seen recently, like Jordan Peterson. And don't get me wrong, I think Jordan Peterson might have helped more lost young men 
than a lot of other human beings. And that, like, on its face alone, the good that that did, like, I, I didn't, like, I read, I read a good chunk of 10 Rules for Living Your Best Life or whatever his book was. Uh, and I gleaned some good lessons from it. It wasn't, I don't look at it like a Bible like some people did. However, I, I don't think looking at it at something, not not like a Bible, that's that's me making a straw man. Putting it in such high regards, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like, there's some really good life lessons in it. But I'm like, man, I got to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I can't make my damn bed. <laughs> I got to go, dude. I'm sorry. I'm not waking up at 4.45 to do this extra chore. Sorry, Pete. Sorry, Lobster King. Um, however, he had some really good parts and, and really helped out. I've really believe he might have stopped some mass shootings well like like he he touched he reached those kind of people and like kind of brought them back from fringes but there's this thing about some of these conservatives i'm probably most critical of them because i'm like i want i love good conservative values and that's why it drives me crazy when famous conservatives i feel like don't own up to them all the way. There's this odd, like, like they're amazing 75% of the time, in my opinion. But there's this 25% where not only are they, like, a little wrong, they're, like, way wrong. Like, way over here. And one of the things, like, Jordan Peterson, I, I think he tweeted out the other day, like, hey, Elon Musk, we're liking free speech, but if someone has an anonymous account, uh, you need to get rid of them because all they're trying to do is, quote, own the retards. Or, I might be putting some words in his mouth, but he comes off pretty hostile about, like, if you have an anonymous account, that's a bad thing and Elon Musk needs to get rid of it. And it's like, I'll give him respect. Like, what he did in Canada, cause you, you know about his story about what made him famous, right? Not, no. use, not using pronouns. Also, in Canada, I might be butchering some of this. It's from a long time ago. So if there's if there's any lefties out there that want to correct this, please shoot me a tweet oh, or something. Oh, you know, that's like what they get off on. If they can. <laughs> a lot of times. A lot of the time. Hey, sometimes they're good, but a lot of times they miss the mark. Um, but no, like, what happened? Canada passed a law that I think it not only allowed, like, trans and sports, like, sports mixing, but you had to call someone their pronouns, whatever they wanted. Uh, may, maybe that was just his university's rule. Maybe that was, and maybe it wasn't the Canadian government. I can't remember, but that was some part of the rule was you had to use people's pronouns. And how Jordan Peterson put it said, if this is someone like I respect and I, I like, or even if I don't like them, if, they, if they're a standard person, I'll, I'll use whatever pronoun they want. But I'll be damned if someone's going to put a gun to my head and, and make me do this. Uh, just to anyone that comes up to me, he's like, this is madness. And they said, all right, well, we're going to, uh, cut your pay and then you'll do it. And he goes, and like, he was like, no. And he said, and if you come and they were like, well, I think, I think he had threats of being arrested for it. I might be totally wrong on that. Someone fact check my ass. For not calling a dude a dude. Pretty much. Uh, and not even that for just being forced to, because from what I understand, he was very much like. It, I've had trans students that like, oh, I'm, you know, maybe not came up to him immediately and said, I'm a she, her or something, but was just like a reg, not a regular person. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's odd and that's okay. God bless you. But like, you know, they were like whatever in class about it. Uh, 
And he'd call them whatever they wanted. Uh, but he said, if y'all arrest me, I will go on hunger strike in prison and I will not eat. And this will like, y'all will not make me do this or I will die. And that's what made him famous. That's what blew him up in the conservatives. And he himself will say, I can't quite remember how he put it. If he has more of a communal liberal attitude actually towards things, but he just believes in conservative like value, like that makes a better society for most people to be mostly what well, I'm paraphrasing what he would call conservative. Um, however, like, so good on him for putting his name on the line and his reputation. And he did have kids. It's not like he was some single guy. Like he had a family, like there, there was risk involved. Uh, but I think anonymity, at least until it gets violent or threats of violence or something like that, anonymity needs to be respected. Because, I mean, there, there's been great moments in history that we wouldn't have had without anonymity. And the reason I'm saying this, I think I said it earlier, Jordan Peterson pretty much said, telling Musk to either limit anonymous accounts on Twitter or, or get rid of them. Uh, but, you know, I think of uh, uh, what the Martin Luther, whenever he was nailing the his his, well, I'm redneck butchering it, but his no his his problems with the Catholic Church. He would go up in the middle of the night and nail his list of them to a church door and then run away. And you got to remember, like before him, he did it anonymously until enough people agreed with him. He was like, "All right, now I can go public with this." Five historians are losing their mind because I know I'm missing chunks of that, but. <laughs> To put it in perspective, like not even a hundred years before him, I think in perfume, France or Germany or one of, one of these places, a guy tried to do the same thing publicly and uh, they used hot tongs to pull his meat apart until he was dead. When I say his meat, I mean like his arms, his neck, his ribs, his, while well, he was tied to a post. Uh, so like now we're not as some ways barbaric as we were back then. Uh, but it's like, there are still repercussions that some people would just, they would rather let the message get out on its own value without their name attached to it to see how they can do it. And it's like, man, I think there's a part of like, I think that should kind of be honored. Now, as soon as someone starts going off the rails about it and so all of society turns on them, like, I don't know, thinking about the worst crap on Twitter that's been around recently, like, yeah, make them get gone and, and. I think the the cons outweigh the pros or really censoring damn near anything. Now, I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be too hard on them because like I said, all the good that Jordan Peterson does. But it's like, man, you're so good on this 90%, but then this other 10%, you just, like, you, not only do you miss the mark, you miss it so hard. Um, another one of this is Ben Shapiro, whereas the good of him owning the libs, uh, and, and colleges and stuff like that, I think it was needed. I think it was cause like this was getting wacky. Uh, and he was, he was the fire extinguisher that put a lot of that fire out, gave some people some comeuppance, some, com not only like gave the other side some comeuppance, but I know at the time as a guy who's more conservative leaning, I was like, all right, I'm not alone. There's actually someone speaking out against this. But then when he misses the mark on 25% of it, it's like, dude, you couldn't miss it any harder. And one of them, 
we've talked about quite a bit, and I'm starting to get worried about talking about it, but it's the people that Mr. Kanye West got really pissed off. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't, that's, like, he misses the mark so hard on that 25%, or not even that, like, American interventionism. Uh, another one who's not, maybe not famous elsewhere places, but I guess he's Twitter famous, is that Jack Probosaic, Jack Prosobic. He was the guy you shared last week about who was like, blood must be returned. He's, uh. he's a Polish-American. And whenever the missile they thought was Russian hit, hit Poland, they were like, oh, blood must be returned because we can trust the CIA and the FBI and all the media in this no. one. And like, he's so good at questioning them on everything else. But as soon as any of these centers of power just not even tilt, or not even like turn, but they just tilt in the direction of conservatarian or something. I'll even say this. There's a lot of libertarians that are this way too, that it's like, oh, the government did this one thing. We can really support them. And now don't get me wrong. If there's a politician that's saying like, I think the income tax rate should only be 5%. I think it'd be dumb to be like, oh, he's still using government to get our taxes. Like, no, no, no. All right. 5%. We'll take that. We'll take, please. <laughs> please stop taxing us so much. So I'm, I'm really trying not to be a purist, but almost to the same degree of like that I was talking about with the commies, like, oh, they're on the other team. We can't take their any of their points seriously. These people that are on your team, you can't, you still got to be critical of them. Got to where it matters because principles like, that's, that's the important thing about principles. I know some people might think it's kind of heads in the cloud stuff, but they, they guide you through these events through like, like as soon as that missile hit the Ukraine, what, and to be clear, as soon as that missile hit Poland, that was a Ukrainian, it was a Ukrainian like anti-air shooting at Russian missiles and it misfired or something and went to Poland. Uh, like if you follow certain principles, you can smell this stuff and you're like, Oh, maybe that happened. But I'm going to wait till some more comes out about it before I start saying we need to start World War III <laughs> over this. Um, so, and, and not only like whenever they, it's one thing to have an opinion on something, but then when they explain that opinion, it's like, what kind of liberal wonky crap is this? Like, it's a real weird, it's almost like they got a table and three of the legs are like the most sound legs, but then you just got this one that's a millimeter shorter. But every time you do anything on the table, you can feel that wobbliness to it. I say as my microphone wobbles <laughs> on, on the on the trailer table stand that Merce has. Uh, but now let me be perfectly clear: a couple of people I am not talking about, as far as I know, is someone like Matt Walsh. Uh, he's the guy that made the "What Is a Woman." documentary where he's it feels like he doesn't own the libs he tricks the libs into owning themselves which is like i don't agree with matt walsh on everything but like even the stuff i disagree with him on i'm like at least you make sense like i don't agree with you but like i could see someone wanting to live their life that way and it, it makes sense uh, like you know like he's really strong family values uh the new he's big on the nuclear family like they every family should strive to be one man one woman a handful of kids and it's like ah eh, i think life's a lot more complicated than that 
some some people don't have that luxury, and some people don't want to live their life that way. And more power to them. Uh, but I'm still I'm not including him in this odd odd table setting thing I just made up on the spot. Uh, I'm not talking about him, and I'm not talking about the wonderful Alex Stein 9-9. Dude, that guy is like, I, I guess he calls himself a conservative populist, which, eh, populism, that's something I'm not a big fan of. That's like, ooh, that's just the people picking whatever government they want at any time, and I don't trust the people. Uh, what's the meme with the Indian guy? The people are retarded. <laughs> but, uh, uh, however, like, despite that, dude, the work that Alex Stein 99 does, uh, we've talked about him a little bit on the show, but I think it was last weekend. Merce, did you see it where he went to the Antifa rally? I've seen where he's gone to a lot of things. Oh, it wasn't an Antifa rally. I'm sorry. I, th- it, I believe it was in Houston, Texas. I know it was in Texas. I believe it was Houston. Uh, it was one of these, like, uh, uh, drag storyteller for kids hour or something like that and either libs of tiktok or like gays against groomers or one of these like advocate like this is weird shit group one of those groups that's like definitely saying this is weird shit and stop it uh found out about it found out about like this event happening and they were gonna stage like i don't know about a protest i'm not actually sure what all they did However, Antifa found out that the right-wing groups found out about it, and they're like, we're going to meet up and defend this dude dressing up like a chick, talking to kids specifically about it, which... And that that is Texas. Like, that's the... California, I can wrap my head... I don't agree with it. I think well, it's... Yeah, a lot of them have moved to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. But... I don't know. The small town in Texas I lived in, they're like, nothing surprises me that comes out of Dallas nowadays. It's always been a queer place. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, that's the Texan saying it, not the bandit. <laughs> but uh, a- anyways, um, he uh, Alex Stein like found out about like Antifa being there. The reason I don't know if there was any actual right-wing protesters is because the only reason I know about this event is from Alex Stein 99, who just shows up within a suit with a cell phone, looking like a uh, like a 22 year old Tucker Carlson, uh, and starts recording, just walking up to them like, "So hey, so y'all are like totally cool with he does his thing. Yeah, we're for we're for this cross dressing guy sitting with this little kid. Yeah, because y'all y'all are all like pedophiles, aren't y'all? We can all get along. Trolling them, trolling them as hard as he can, and there's even like. Two Antifa guys there, all black masked up, and uh, I'll tell you this: for like the typical Antifa group I've seen, these guys had some gear. Like these guys actually had like they had, but there was two guys with AR-15s that looked like rich boy AR-15s, not just not some clunk. I'm not an expert on guns, but I like them. But I'm not an expert on it. But it looked very well made AR-15, like body armor black sunglasses, black bandana and stuff. And I'm like, y'all look like feds. <laughs> y'all two in particular look like feds, but God bless Alex Stein 99 just going up to him with the camera like, oh, y'all got those big boy guns out today. Uh, are y'all actually going to use them? Y'all probably don't even know how to turn the fire on those things. I'm like, just... And hey, if there was like a left version of... I don't know how he carries his balls around. Dude, in a wheelbarrow, like South Park. <laughs> he is a man... 
you know, it, I even think the more important thing he did was at those damn city council meetings where he would dress up like a Ukrainian uh, uh, war propagandist and like, come on, we're all going to go join the war to support Ukraine. Let's go put our lives on the line and send them all of our money. And is chef's kiss. Uh, so yeah, not including those wonderful people like that. And there's other people I've seen on like Twitter and like Sargon of Akkad. There's some, there's some good conservative voices. Uh, Tucker Carlson. Although man, when he misses the mark, I'm even like, whoa, however, the good stuff is good. Uh, so just the, the main thing of that is try to like, try to be critical and receptive to about anybody of all stripes is what I try until they start fucking around with kids. That's where I draw a hard line. <laughs> However, uh, moving on to that and like from that, and like kind of being skeptical and accepting or whatever. Oh my God, China. Uh, looking at that side over there, they are getting rowdy. Uh, and China's doubling down harder to try to stop it. Dude, you see those videos of like people screaming from their apartment buildings. And I've them seen them like welding the apartment shut. Welding the metal door shut. And dude, as bad as that is, and that's, that's pretty bad. Our government wasn't that far away from that. Like it didn't weld doors shut, but it sure. Because we have guns. Man. Yeah, you know what? That's probably what stopped them from welding doors shut. Is that I think? Yeah, no. I think that, but I, I, a little bit of a black pill for everybody. It it is my belief that, like, probably, it's. I believe this since COVID. Probably like eighty percent of the guys that I hear that are like, "Yeah, try it over." Well, you'll have to pry it from a cold dead hands. Da 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 da. It's like, oh, the government put a gun in your face and said you can't go to church. Are you really doing something about it? Do you really still love the Constitution and all that patriot bravado of our founding fathers who died over this stuff? Or are you not them? And I think very, very few people actually are. However, I think if it got to the point of welding doors shut, I think that's where you would say, all right, I'm dying either way. <laughs> Time to use my gun. Uh, however... The one thing that's been nice about China, uh, the Chinese people. China. Nope. <laughs> nope. God bless him, people. He tried. Now, excuse me. <clears throat> China. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you got to remember the thing about China is that it, uh, a very small percentage of all the people there are the actual government. Like, that's that's what I try to remember about all these places is like the people that are ruling this and telling these people what to do is a very small fraction. Most of these people are probably like most of our people. They give shit less with what they're under. Just let them go to work and do whatever they want besides real bad stuff. Um, however, like, you know, they had Tiananmen Square. What was it? Early 90s? Either late 80s or early. It might have been 1990. They had Tiananmen Square, which if you don't know the full story on that, that's the picture you might have seen online about the the guy with like a shopping bag who's standing in front of a tank, like a row of tanks that are driving towards him. Uh, by the way, it's not just a picture. That's from a video. And God bless him. He stood there. And then a bunch of people got out of them tanks and drug his ass away and never to be seen again. <laughs> poor, poor bastards. Um, God bless them. But 
what that was, I believe Tiananmen Square was like a, hey, oh, hey side note, don't take, uh, like, question me on my history stuff, because we just took a little interim, like, in the middle of the show, and I told Merce, like, it might have been actually Thomas Paine that was distributing <laughs> stuff instead of Martin Luther anonymously. So, for you historians that are getting ready to throw stones, I know it was one of them doing something like that. But my point's good. The detail surrounding it, slightly blurry. Imagine that. Uh, but uh, with Tiananmen Square, I think it was, it was like a more westernized college, like when, they, when China started, after Nixon started allowing like capitalism and more western ideas in there started to be this real quote unquote liberal college that was like questioning a lot of things. And the Chinese communist party CCP said, all right, we're rolling in the tanks and we're going to get rid of this old Tiananmen. Like I, I, Tiananmen square wasn't a college. It was like a very old, uh, like national park or so, something akin to that. Like this really old Chinese like place. And after the protest by the college students happened there, Chinese Communist Party rolled in the tanks to put them down. And afterwards, they bulldozed the area, put a slab of concrete in a road there, and quit calling it Tiananmen Square. And now in modern China, if you ask a Chinese person fresh from China, what, what is Tiananmen Square? They, they either don't know or they ain't allowed to say. Westerners know much more about it than them. So, like, literally, they just paved over history and replaced it. Uh... Saying that, that was all contained to one tiny place that was like a concentration of this cultural difference, this cultural and political difference. What we're seeing in China right now, from what I can see on Twitter, and I just badmouthed them earlier, but a lot of it coming from Jack Prosobaic, Probosaic, whatever that damn Polish name is, uh, this is like a hundred Tiananmen squares. And this... This is where things get interesting, kind of going back to some of my earlier thoughts about what start. Surely our political system can't go on as it is. Like this thing's, this thing's falling off the rails. What does it look like when it falls off the rails? You think the CIA is causing some unrest? Uh, I was getting to that. I was, I was actually, yeah, it's kind of going there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always kind of going there. So uh, uh, all these foreign affairs. The f- all right, all right, all right. To, t- time, to barely touch back on what I was saying earlier about conservatives. Conservatives have been great about Ukraine, and I'm proud of y'all. Y'all are putting on y'all's big boy skeptic pants and going, I don't believe what the military and all these Washington people are telling me about this foreign country. But 90% of these people flip the other side when it comes to China. And don't get me wrong, China bad. No, me no like China. However... I'm not in a rush to send our bombers over there and start a war with these people either. And like, yeah, they might be putting money into our politics and our stuff like that. What's the answer to that? Get rid of the politics. <laughs> get get rid of this thing they're influencing. And it's like, oh, but they'll buy off companies and stuff like that. It's like, all right, buying off a company is better than buying off a government. Uh, what, they're going to tell Elon Musk to change Twitter? Like, all right deal well whatever i can deal with that a lot better than still eight dollars <laughs> eight yen <laughs> or whatever they use uh but i'm looking at china and if if what i'm seeing is to be believed 
there is a lot of these protests kicking off. And I mean like waves of people running at waves of cops, the boys in blue, uh, and, and people in hazmat suits and all this, and it's all over COVID. Um, and I feel so damn bad for the people that are about to get thrown in a paddy wagon and never seen again. Did I just say paddy wagon? Ugh, that was 30 ish. <laughs> uh, but, um, no, it, it's amazing watching what it, these authoritarians try to take humanity and shove it into a bottle and put a cap on it. And like, so, and that almost sounds right when they start talking about, have you ever seen the, uh, the, 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 the big graph where it's like, we can't predict what one human can do, but if we get enough humans and group them and start measuring their decisions, there's a bell curve and the right. top of this bell curve <laughs> is what most people are going to do. And there is some logic to that, I think, when it comes to sales, when it comes to a lot of things in life. But when you start trying to control people based on that, that bell curve of like the biggest spike in the middle starts depleting to the outsides. And it's almost like yin and yang, or for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> you want to wage a war on drugs? Drugs is going to wage a war on you. <laughs> like it's... The same with like... How I the, the reason I connect those two dots with the bandit's brain. How I look at the war on drugs is the exact same thing as the Chinese Communist Party telling someone you can't go here and buy this thing. It's like, oh, humans start figuring out ways around this. But the ways they have to figure out around this become increasingly, for lack of a better term, evil. They become more bl what we think of as black market and all the bad stuff associated with it. And uh, don't get me wrong, there is bad stuff on the black market, but there's also great stuff on the black market. <laughs> uh, one of the prime examples is like blue jeans and rock and roll CDs in communist Russia that were illegal, but people still bought them and traded them. Hell, raw milk is a black market commodity. I mean, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but the, the, in China, think about how totalitarian they've been the past, what, 70 years? Which I'm sure there was a lot more totalitarian stuff way before that. Probably maybe even more so. But it's like, they're about to have a reaction. So with our stuff, what I can glean from that and watching their reaction unfold, I think maybe our government knew to kind of let the pressure out a little. Like, ooh, this is, this is getting too much. It's not... Maybe it wasn't even a plan. Maybe it was like, let's see how far we can push them until it gets rowdy. Then squeak everything down. You know, if before we were at a three, they cranked it up to an eight and realized we were starting to get rowdy. And go, All right, let's crank it back down to a five. And let the, now they're still, they still got more control. And at this point, I really don't know if, and I don't know which thought is more horrifying is that it's one group controlling it or a collective of groups trying to seize power in their own way. Or if it's just like some train that we've let run away, that is just, there's almost no slowing it down because even if you get rid of these, even if you get rid of hypothetically, not saying anybody do this, but if you get rid of Klaus Schwab's, Bill Gates, everybody at the top of your conspiratorial list, does a new guy just fill the hole and keep putting money on the train to keep making it go faster? And I think either way, you have to, 
you have to figure out a way to get rid of these structures that support the machine. And that, uh, damn, that's a hard thing to figure out how to do. I don't think, I, let, me, let me rephrase that. There is no one way to figure out how to do that. That's like one of the biggest messages I want to get across with like my, like th there's not one way to do anything. For every individual, there's an individual way to do it. And none of it, I hope, I pray to God, has to be like violent. Like just make it like, I'm going to do my best to find some way to stop paying taxes. Maybe not that. Maybe stop buying from a greedy corporation. And figure out some way in your life to do it. And if we all do that, not even all of us, not even most of us, if just a big enough sliver of us do it, that's much more obtainable than winning some 52% of a democracy. Like, if just each in our own way move away from these power structures, it makes those structures at a minimum bend to like, like oh no, I want you back. And make them bend harder and harder until they break. And everyone sees the light, the fault in them. However, if you Machiavellians out there have any like better ideas to counter me. If you don't know, I'm sorry, I used a big word. And it's a big word I know because I listen to podcasts a lot. Uh, a Machiavellian is a guy that gets power by any means necessary. And actually, they actually believes there is more order and good in that than, than bad. Like, the world is a worse place if we don't try to do that. Which I'm not... I don't believe. That, man, that sounds pretty nasty. I hope they're not right. <laughs> I mean, dude, and here... Alright, here's the crappy thing about, like... Not just, like, your dumb edgelord 13-year-old that read a book and went, like, Oh, man, life's nihilistic and bad, so I'm just gonna be like this the rest of my life. No, like, there are some actual smart people that are in that camp... It's almost like what I said about smart people being Catholics. Like, like, why do you believe this stuff? And then they'll explain why they believe it. You're like, damn it, that sounds very convincing. I, that's scary that that sounds convincing. I don't like it. But, uh, nah, I, and I, I might be naive. And I don't think you have to even believe in a God to believe this. But I believe in a God. And I think if he kind of made me in his image, which that's, I think that's what most God-believing people did, like, you know, he gave us things like laughter and jokes. And he gave us things like, like sympathy, which ain't universal. Not everybody has it. And at different times, there might've been different levels of it. But like, yeah, even if there ain't a God, I mean, that humans having that right there, you can leave God out of it one way or the other. I think there's a reason for that. I really think there's a bona fide, like, to understand someone else's plight actually like benefits you and gives you better knowledge of a situation. Um, also drive you freaking crazy and make you start a podcast. So might be out to lunch on that. <laughs> People, uh, I have been rambling a lot because Merce cannot. Yeah, that was neat. Uh, hi -oh. Merce, any parting final thoughts for the podcast? Take your vitamins, kids. <laughs> Next time on Bandit's Health Circle. <laughs> nah, guys. But hey, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for watching. The something new we're doing. We're always trying to get bigger and better. Maybe season two never ends and we just keep going. Uh, like, at the very beginning, I thought about that. I was like, are we sure you want to do seasons? But we're doing them, damn it. We're a hit sitcom. Uh, everybody's been fun doing this. Can't cancel us if we make it ourselves. Oh, God, you sound terrible. Thank God I did most of the talking.
<laughs> y'all have a good evening, good day, whatever the hell it is. We'll be talking to y'all really soon. Banded out. Bow, bow, bow.